0: Lockwood well, Radio. Well, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said, Let's be the church. I'm delighted to be with you on the broadcast tonight or today, this morning, for Sunday morning in the Word. It's truly a delight and a privilege to be able to share. The word of God with you. If you have a notebook, please get the notebook now. We got a lot of scriptures that we're going to be covering today. So um, let's continue. We've been on a journey. as soon as I get these uh, uh confirmation will begin. Amen. Just wanna make sure we this as clear as possible. All right, well, as I said, I am delighted to be with you so, uh, in that, and we're on live today, so I apologize now for some of the little glitches, but we're going to go further on in the Word. Let's pray. Father, we praise you and thank you for this day, Lord, that this is the day that you have made me a us and i glad. We thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It is the authority of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus. I do mean to depend on the Holy Spirit as educator and guide to give me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought as I make manifold known the wisdom of God. Holy Spirit, I say, have your word. Do what all that you can do, and Lord, the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And Father, in everything that shall be accomplished and revealed, you be glorified. For it is in the name of the Lord Jesus, that we do praise and give you glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. We've been talking about the lifestyle of love, and it's been a powerful, um, powerful teaching. Uh, we've covered that uh, faith works by love, according to Galatians 5. Months. We talked about how that love must be connected to the life of God, for God is love, according to us. Uh, John 4, one. But we also said in John 1.4 that in Christ there was a light and the life was that light. It is that spark which causes us to operate and exist superior to the things of the world. So the love of God must be understood in the life of the believer to experience the God kind of life. A lot of people have tried to operate in the love of God, without achieving that life, the lifestyle of God is that He intends for us to live as believers is embodied in the conviction, compassion, and character of Christ. And that's why John four said, "In Him was the life, and the life was the light of men." Now Jesus did a work for us that as we experience existence in God's witness and in God's grace, we will we will be empowered. That doesn't mean we uh, trials or situations that come about in life. But we know we come out victorious. Second Corinthians 4, says, We troubled on every side. You're not distressed. Perplexed, but not distressed. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not distressed. Always bearing in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life of Jesus might also be made manifest in our body for we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal body. So death works in us, but life in you. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, "I believe, and therefore have I spoken." We also believe, and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus from uh, raised up the Lord Jesus also by Jesus shall present us with you in this fellowship of the life of Christ. You know, and, and we ought to achieve this life, according to verse 20, four 8, which says that the life for bodily exercise of profit is little, but godliness. It's profitable on, of all things, having the promise of what is and what is to come. So godliness is you that, that ascribed life that God wants us to have. But you cannot have that life without the measure and the, and the power of the love of God. Now, um, we have been um, talking about two principles that the love of God hangs on, the principle of honor and the principle of justification. We just, uh, just shorten it to justification, but it's really justification by faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Anyone that comes to God must believe that he is. God is love. And that is he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So we have to seek out this lifestyle of love. And that's the part that that the body of Christ has, has not has not matured to. Of course, we, we we found out that the love of God is a direct uh, influence of being guided by the Holy Spirit. We talked about because the love of God has been shared in our heart by the Holy Ghost. We talked about how the love of God unites us to Christ and makes Um, us an inseparable union, what shall separate us from the love of God? But of course, you know, God gave him so that we could have everlasting life, which means it's without ends. But then also we talked about how the the, the love of God awakens us to faith and uh, the faith to arise to the causes of Christ. It promotes us to do what the Lord uh, wants us to do. There's a passage in 2 Thessalonians 3, Around verse 5 or 6, which says, And the Lord directs your heart into the love of God and into the place you're waiting for Christ. Now we command you, brethren, in the name of the Lord Jesus, that you withdraw yourself from every brother that walketh disorderly and not after the tradition, which was the tradition of love, which he received, which is the habit. Amen. So these, these things hang off the principle of honor and the principle of justification. God had supernaturally uh equipped a a, a a catalyst of change called love to it to, to conform us to the nature of Christ. That's what he did in the power of love. And so we need to understand uh, I know um especially for men it's kind of hard to really uh convey this message without you know sounding a little um precocious but at the end of the day the Lord knows how we are to govern ourselves. And um, the principle is more powerful than just the release of emotion or what we coined as love when it's really just sexual fulfillment and activity. And that's not love. That's not even an expression of love. That is a sexual act. And we need to keep that in its proper context. But love that's been ascribed from God, and ascribe as a way of life to us, is, is, it has nothing to do with sexual expression. And it's not, even, it's not even coined as that in the scripture. And if we're going to conform to the ways of God, we must adhere to the word of God. And the word of God ascribes love as God's nature and or God's motive for doing what he did. And therefore, it should be our nature and our motive for doing what we do. And someone touching you sexually is not an expression of love. It's an expression of sex or sexuality. And I want to make that clear in this lesson because when we go through the attributes of what God ascribes as love, we need to put things in its proper place. And um, especially when it comes to the roles that you have uh, to reflect the, the, the principle of honor here. Because if you if you if you have a distorted warped perspective of love, you'll you'll be you'll be uh reflecting you will reflect improper honor to improper people. You get what I'm saying? And so there's there's this there's just this, this whole this whole sexuality uh thing is perverting so much that people are not experiencing God's love, which then will will because Faith works by love will then limit them from experiencing authentic power from God because love has been so perverted and it's been so sexualized and humanized. God is love. Amen. So I wanted to bring that out to that point. We've also talked about how the love of God is advanced for the high, high regard to the authority of the commands of God. If Jesus said very plainly that if you love me, you'll do what I say or you'll obey Right, because love is, 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 is an adjective or an adverb that, that requires us to act. It, it forces, it's a motive that requires us to act out and govern ourselves according to the conviction, the conduct, and the character of Christ. Christ is not Jesus' last name, but the Holy Spirit which he possessed and transferred as authority uh, to guide us. And to reveal the truth that we need to know, the love of God alters our course and school, advancing to acts of real compassion. You get know what I'm saying? Real compassion, and of course, that is reflected in how we deal with other people. Because if we cannot uh, display that properly, we'll miss out on the on the path on the power and the passion of God's heart. Those principles must be understood. When I talk about the principle of honor, there are just certain things that we honor uh, in life, and, and everyone needs to come to terms with it. We honor God, we honor guardians, we honor government officials, we honor the principle of giving, and we honor God in relationships, whether that be parental, whether that be social, whether they be professional. We 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 work as unto the Lord. We conduct ourselves as Christians when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all, which means he's ruler, controller, and sustainer. And how is he that? We have his character, we, we, we follow his commitment, and we definitely operate in his compassion. And so in this, in this understanding, we have been um, working on developing this compassion, which is comprised of the power of God to act on God's behalf, which is a little more than just feeling sympathy or empathy with someone. It's a God-given directive to move and display his power based on the position of his heart in a situation. And that's a lot more powerful than just emotion. And that's why the enemy wants to distort what the power of love Will actually do in the life of 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 the church. They want they want people to uh, um, miss out on what love actually is. Now, I gave three points uh, in this understanding what and how the love of God engages our world from a biblical perspective, and we have been uh, um, really. Um, locked in the first part, but we're going into the second part today of compassion a little more, and, and hopefully get more in, in, engulfed in that concept. But we 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 lack activated this by really I'm um, talking about how the love of God, and let me give you the three points: the love of God liberates us to live out our new creation reality. The love of God. Compels the light of the gospel to reflect the compassion of Christ which is what we're going to talk about today, and that the love of God perfects the believer and thrives off of revelation knowledge. All right. Now, in that we we dealt with new creation realities, we really explained uh, and, and gave an apologetic appeal to uh, to defending the fact that we have been changed as a result of coming to the Lord. Because it any times uh we see that that God's plan and God's power and provision are are allotted to us because of us being uh publicly standing for righteousness sake, blessed by no, those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. For they, theirs is the kingdom of God. They, they're going to inherit this kingdom, this, this thing that Christ died for us to achieve. The kingdom of God is at hand. Or the way God governs himself. And you know, the kingdom of righteousness seats and joy in the Holy Ghost. And of course, the Holy Spirit is governed by the love of God. It is assigned directly from God to be, to serve as God to within, an internal uh, uh, awareness. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. He can identify with us. Our spirit man cries, I'm a father. And a lot of times we neglect the power of the Holy Spirit to translate that truth that we need to know to empower us and live down. There. But that stops today, prophetically uttering it over your life so that you, as a believer, can have confidence that God is changing you so that you can conform to His nature, so you can experience this quality called life, abundant life, abundant life in His love, and and of course you have to have confidence that Christ changed them. So we we gave five uh, distinct indications as the means of the revelation of the new creation uh, uh, taking place in our lives, and so we have to prayerfully consider these primary principles when exemplifying love toward others. And I told you to affirm your faith in his love, you need to read the entire book of Ephesians, but you can focus on one through through twenty three of Ephesians chapter one, which gives the theology behind the creation. Why God did it and it resolves that we might be we might be enthroned in God's love and experience that quality of life. Now we talked, and I'm not going to go deep into this because I want to get a little bit content in today. But we talked about the five things that take place at the revelation of our new creation, and they, they are the training of the natures from natural to supernatural, trusting the Holy Spirit. We talked about taming of the tongue, and then my favorite one, which is the transformational heart, and then also the training in righteousness, which brings us into the command of the compelling of the gospel in the light of his compassion. Because I want you to understand that when you're trained in righteousness, you see things from God's vantage point. Not from your vantage point, but from God's vantage point. Why? Because you have God's power working on the entire. You have God's principles allowed through the scriptures to chart out the best possible methodologies that God can give you to thrive off of. But not only do you have God's power and God's principles, you have God's passion at the awakening of new creation to see that those who are around you who you consider and care for the most also get confronted with this same gospel that changed you. And if that's not your motive behind operating in the compassion of God because you have the power, the principles, and the passion to do uh, the things of God, then this love message then is, is, is not developed properly. Amen. Let's go to uh, Colossians. Let's look at two verses in Colossians, chapter three. Amen. And here we're gonna see these seven uh sovereign acts of God reflecting his nature through love. Okay, so the compassion of Christ is the force of love to display his honor and his supreme characteristics that he's committed to, that God is committed to. So remember I told you that love hangs on the principle of honor and the principle of justification or justification by faith. But I want you to see this in Galatians or Colossians, rather than the third chapter. And I guess I'll read a couple of verses and we'll go from there. One of the significant things is when you hear about the love of God, you'll hear about the life of God. Uh, or you're hearing about faith, which is also a an um um similar to the life of god and the law the the really the law of faith is the life of god but um but any time and i mean um anytime you see uh, this working you're gonna experience god's pr- this god's primary I mean. Now, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation of them that believe. So what, what we understand is when we come into the faith of God, there's, there's power in what he says. Of course, there's a scripture, and I was sharing this the other day. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And what we say is faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But what is really a showing the revealing the process of faith, What do we hear? Faith comes by hearing. Okay? Hearing what? The word of God. But hearing also, hearing after you have heard faith, also is developed based on what you've heard in the word of God, which shows you a problem. That as you engage into the word of God, not only do you receive God's word, but then that word enhances and develops your faith on what, based on what you've heard. It goes from having heard it to hearing it. And then as a result, you develop it and adapt it to your life. So you have to constantly, this is something you have to constantly do, and that is commit yourself to uh, 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 adhering and achieving the word of God. Now, let me read a couple of verses to uh, build this Uh, passage, and I don't want to look in the I want to see if I can change translation. Now, of course, uh, you can start at um, verse 1, but I want to start at verse 2 for time's sake. Set your affections on things above, not on things on earth. For Ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then we shall appear with him in glory. Mortify, therefore, the members of your body which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, in order that affections, evil comes, cup conscience, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which, for which things say the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience in which he had walked in some time when he lived in them. But now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth, lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. Why? Because you have on the new creations. And you have put on the new man which is renewed in the knowledge after the image, who is the image? Christ, of him which created him. Where where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian or Scythian, bond or free, but Christ is all in all. Put therefore on, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, files of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have any quarrel against you, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. But above all these things put on charity, which is love, which is the bond of perfectedness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which ye are called to be one body, and be ye thankful. As the word of Christ dwelling in you richly with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing, and singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever ye do, in word of deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, uh, giving thanks to God and to the Father, and the Father by him. And then, of course, you know, goes with wives and husbands. (laughs) That's a whole other thing. But here, we see seven attributes that give supreme characteristics of us making that commitment to God which is adhering to the gospel. This is the gospel. The gospel is God's power. Christ is the passion to achieve God's power, based on the principles that we receive from the teaching or the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Ultimately, and and what the Holy Spirit does is say when we, when when Christ is your life, who appears, you mortify or you put to death. Those things that don't reflect Him, and then as a result of you putting to that those things, then in verse in verses eight through uh, uh uh through ten, you'll you'll then be able to treat other people and also deal with anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. See see what's happening is we try to change other people when it's really us. But but here when we're when we're separated and dedicated to God and, and dedicated to to being that force of love to display his honor as supreme characteristics. The characteristics that we represent and adhere to are holiness, vows of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, Meekness, long suffering, and forbearance, which is another way of saying patience, forbearance, and and um, instead of you know dumbing down the message and going through each of them and proving the proof texting them and scripture, I want to remind you, you need to reflect on this. God's sovereign characteristics that can tell His love. And and what that means is you need to find out in your life how you can exemplify those characteristics based on the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. And that's an honest look. It's an introspection, right? And it's an intensive uh, force of repentance that you commit yourself to. And then you'll receive instruction from the Holy Spirit as how to uh, apply it in your daily walk with the Lord. But don't try to do it without his guidance Because then you're working for you are you're, you're replacing the Holy Spirit for your behavior. And that's not genuine in God's sight. Cause to, to love him is to do what he says. And he says let the Holy Spirit lead and guide you into the truth. Now and my second point that I want to cover today is that the compassion of the life of of God in, through, the, through the lifestyle of love is defined uh, will define how love operates and that can only be seen in actual our conduct and that's where we get the the 14 attributes in First Corinthians chapter 13 verses 4 through 8 and of course you know that says it suffers long, it's kind, it does not envy it does not boast it is not proud, always preserves Doesn't dishonor, is is not self-seeking, is not easily angered, keeps no record of wrong, does not delight in evil, always protects, always trusts, always hopes. Amen, and always preserves. Amen. So those those characteristics then are based on us having a revelation of God's characteristics that we achieve through the Holy Spirit. And often what people do is they go to immediately to say, you know, of course you know it says love never fails, but you need to understand what it is and what it's not. And that's what it says. It it's it is it is something that has endurance. It is something that is kind, but it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it's not proud, it doesn't dishonor, it's not self seeking, it's not easily angry. This has nothing to do with sex. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? So, I, I, again, I want to hit that emphasis because the enemy has done a great job of people uh, of of connecting and connotating love to sex. And that's an expressive right that a married couple, male and female, have a right to express. And if you're not married, you don't have the right to do it. So where God can bless you in, in, in that activity and that endeavor. But here is where really love love really is. Love is displayed in God, in Godly characteristics that, that are based on God's power, God's principles, and God's passion. And those things we put on because we want to be identified with God and displayed with God to be holy. Amen. Now, my third point for today is that the compassion of Christ commands the inheritance of the blessing which makes us like minded to his eternal plan. Because a lot of times we don't see that the plans that God has for us are eternal, unending, unmoving. Now, here let's go to first Peter. And I'm almost done. Hallelujah. We've a lot covered in the Word, but um, we want to make certain that we continue to build. This is what Sunday morning in the Word is about. Be the foundation of the Word of God in your life. So you you know that there are things that are attached, and one of them is the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord is locked in the love that God has for you. Amen. And it's a, it's a commitment that we make. To display the gospel, which is God's power, God's power to perform is based on His principle that is passion toward us. Amen. Now, in First Peter chapter three, we're looking at verses seven through nine. It says, "Likewise," mind the right. Let's look at verse eight and nine. Finally, be ye all of one mind. Compassion of Christ commands the inheritance of the blessing of Lord, which make us like-minded to His eternal plan. Finally, be of one mind. And of course, you know, it deals with husbands and wives, and and it talks about uh, how we govern ourselves. And of course, he used the marital relationship as a as an example. And it gives Abraham and, um, and Sarah as an example. And, and it talks about us dwelling, dwelling uh with our spouses according to knowledge, which is good. But this but it's talking about being uh, being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. So the so in regardless of, of the of the marriage connotation, which is the state the theology behind it, or God's logic is that the, the knowledge that you should dwell in, now whether it's married to a spouse or not, and we'll grow up, up into this which for the advanced believers right now. Whether you're married to someone, every, every relationship you have should be according to the knowledge that you know God wants you to govern yourselves according to. Your friendships, your relationships, your partnerships, your, your mentorships, everything that That relates to you and who you interact with to be according to knowledge, giving honor with the uh giving honor to the opposite of who you are, right, so that you can be heirs together of the grace of life now the example of course is the marriage here which is which is which is ultimately the first institution which God governs between um that establishes relationships between mankind. So, we always know that it goes back to husband and wife. I'm not trying to uh, to to devalue or to devoid uh, that connotation, but I'm saying whether you are married or unmarried, whoever you dwell with, it, it commands you to be in honor. And only you can be in honor if you have knowledge that causes you to to develop that like mindedness so that you can walk in this grace of life and the grace of life. Is that the blessing of the Lord is upon you? Hallelujah. Now it says, finally, ye all, and that's why he goes into this next verse, so that he doesn't limit it to the marriage, because he knows that people are going to be reading this that are not married. But finally, ye all, uh, be ye all of one mind, having compassion one another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous, not rendering evil for evil, or railing for railing, but compromised, blessing knowing that ye, there are, that ye are there unto call, that ye shall inherit a blessing. For he that for he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil, and his lips that speak to no God, let him eschew evil, that means hate it, and do good and let him seek peace and ensure it or ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous. Here we go back to our training in righteousness, over the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayer. But the faith of the Lord is against them that do evil, ultimately. And that's why I go to verse sixteen. Go to verse fifteen. Well, I can keep reading, but and that's good. And it's talking about the righteousness' thing. Happy are ye, and be not afraid of their children, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give an answer to to every man that asks you of the reason of the whole that lies within you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience, that whereas they see evil of you, as evil doers, they may be ashamed of possibly accusing your good conversational conduct in Christ. For it is better if you do the will of God, the gospel. And, and it be so. That he suffer for well-doing than for evil. Amen. Let's stop because we're out of time. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm excited to live and operate in the compassion of Christ based on the command of the inheritance of the blessing of the Lord, which makes us life-minded to his eternal plan. Now, the compassion is a direct result of coming in contact with Christ. It's a, it denotes that you have a revelation on the extent of his redemptive work because of the love that he first had toward you. But it also uh, becomes a compass to existing in the love force for the greater good so that you can ensure the perpetual blessing of the Lord on your life. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we just unlocked another web and layer of your love and how powerful and how potent your love is toward us. And we know that when we trust, trust, and trust into that love that you have for us, we can live a new in, in, a, in a new vantage form, acknowledging you in all our ways so that you can direct our path and we can become ever uh, saints to this force and this life force that compels us to move in your compassion. Father, enlighten us even the more with your spirit as we continue to uh, 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 engage and, and take a deep-seated respect and reverence towards your love. And, Holy Spirit, I pray that people will experience the love of God, that untold love story, which is so powerful that it translates us into the kingdom of your gifts. Father, I thank you, Lord, that the, the life of the gospel will can tell us to pray for that compassion which Christ died and brought his redemptive work, that we can be changed into his very image and see you as who you really are. And for that, I love you, Lord. I love you and I praise you because of who you are and what you're doing, even the more in Jesus' name. Amen. I trust that whatever you set your hands to, you to do you would be because greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world. More on the love and the lifestyle of love. God bless you and have a wonderful worship. experience.